Do I sound like a regular person? No. <laughs> They have bad. It's like pulling out a rhino. It's just something that doesn't belong there and it's terrifying. So this is how the little rabbit found out that drugs are bad. <laughs> AFI Backstage Stories Welcome back. Hey, man. Welcome back. Completely new experience. Cheers to you. I don't know if you have a bottle opener. I have one. I have my, my keys. Perfect. Um, yeah, man. Cheers to actually doing the first show in person since February. That's super weird. And we, um, even off mic, we haven't met since back then. That, oh, that's right. Actually, I haven't seen you in months face to face. We have a lot of things to catch up on. Explain your beard, first off. <laughs> be I, I wouldn't call it beard. <laughs> um, oh, man. And, the, and this mohawk, too. It's really it's really flattering on you. I really like it. What's a mohawk? You know, like, yeah, you know the punk uh, punk bands with this, this tall... Ah, uh, yeah? Yeah, well, my joke didn't really land here, but... Okay. <laughs> I was trying to make it sound like you have... You've seen those before, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, but man, we have so much to catch up on actually. We're both sunburned and, um, you went for this long bike ride today, right? Yes, I did. And I, because I'm, I am responsible for my own skin and I always use sunscreen, but I also tend to just sweat it off if I <laughs> do sports in the sun for longer than an hour. Right. And I didn't have any refill with me, so... Get a pretty nice British tan on me arms, mate. Pretty gnarly farmer's tan there. Um, yeah, man. Actually, I got my sunburn this weekend because we... So it was 4th of July, which uh, for non-Americans, that's basically a pretty big celebration. Basically, everyone knows, I guess, where they um, where America was became independent from the British in 1776. And um, it was the birth of a nation. And... Um, Yeah, basically, we, for some reason, still celebrate that pile of bullshit. And, uh, no, I'm kidding. And um, they, so me and a couple of friends went to uh, the Bowdoin Sea Lake, um, which I, which really cool is actually from where they have it, you can see um, the mountains in Switzerland and Austria and Germany. So that's, that's pretty uh, special. Do you know much about that region? I guess you go, you've been there a few times, huh? I've been there a few times because it's um, not that far away from, from the Algoy. It's like an hour and 15 or something, right? Like an hour and 15, but uh, the sheer distance, like, um, how do you call it? Yeah, sheer, like the kilometers, or, or what do you mean? Yeah, but but not regarding roads, etc. Just uh, Oh, just from, like... Straight from A to B. Yeah, if you just could cut through all... Yeah, it's nature. like 30 kilometers or something. So it's not that far away. That's crazy. Um, and I've been there a couple of times, and... Bodensee is pretty interesting because it's obviously huge. <laughs> it's really big, right? It's bigger yeah. than you think. It kind of feels like an ocean sometimes. Yeah, it's like that's even what they call it. So, um, like a like a little ocean, and there's even one town that's called Meersburg, which tra translates to like ocean sea village? castle. Oh, oh, Burg. Oh, I thought that was what was. Oh, Dorf is village. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. And 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 there are. 
the borders of, of three countries, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and each side has, is, or seems to me completely different, but every side is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've been there a couple of times and it's a pretty nice place. Actually, mm -hmm. Tony and me have thought about um, going there for a, for a small vacation this summer. Oh yeah, when? When are you thinking? Oh, maybe someone in August for a weekend or something because yeah. it's pretty cool there. Could mm -hmm. do you have been there? You can tell me more about it in a it's, second. Yeah, it's great. Um, for a, for a little little summer break, even a weekend because it's not that far. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the the better ideas for a holiday during Big Rona. Yeah, I mean it's the best. Um, it's one of the best places you can really go to if you have a decent place to stay there. Um, so in our case, uh, Ify's family, um, they, they have a place there where, you know, if we can book it and stuff ahead of time and, and get the scheduling down that we can, we can stay there depending on the, on the circumstances. And if we clean it really good, <laughs> did um, you so? we cleaned it. We really, we cleaned it like it was a crime scene. <laughs> we, no one would ever know that we were ever there. Um, it's a really nice, uh, flat and it, it's sits right on the water and it's really like an ocean. It's, it's constantly moving and waving and, and, and bucking and it's really cold. Um, but a good cold, like, especially now, now that it's really hot out, you, you yeah. crave that refreshing dip. Um, so we, yeah, we, we, I've been there a few times, um, and I've learned to like it more and more. I think the first time I went there, as with most places that I adventure around in, in Germany or in terms of nature, because I'm, I'm not really a nature guy. I'm not like a, You're a city boy. I'm a city boy. And strangely enough, I'm really, I'm a country boy who, who really, really enjoys the city. Because it's for me, it's like I, I view myself as a bit of a simpleton and I like open spaces. I like, I don't like being really stuffed into a crowd. If, unless I'm really having like a great time somewhere, I don't enjoy being packed in. Like, unless I can forget yeah. about it. You know? Yeah, like the like the subway situation. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like this, you know, between you know the five eight, the five p.m. rush or whatever crammed onto a subway, especially now during Rona, like it doesn't even matter that everyone's wearing masks if you're all touching shoulders. So I I'm, I really don't like uh, crowds like that. But um, but strangely enough, so I, I really was never a big nature guy, but I've grown to like aspects of nature more and more, and I, I'm definitely realizing that I'm, I'm a water person. I think I discussed with someone on that trip, um, between mountains and beaches that I think if I could comfortably live near a beach that I would never miss not seeing a mountain again. But I think for you, it's probably the opposite, right? Um, I have thought about this quite a few times already because, um, I was born and raised up um, born and raised in the in the Alps, so uh, I am obviously a mountain guy. But I always was super fascinated by the sea and um, yeah, and also re really like it. But if I had to choose, um, I would choose mountains because situations like Bodensee, you still can have decent. Um, a decent lake or something. Right. And you often have those, 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 have you ever experienced those like, like sea Alpsy, those little lakes up very high yeah. in the Alps. That's yeah. so beautiful. And you, and, um, the other way around, <laughs> you rarely find, um, 
a decent beach or or sea situation right combined with okay you can go to the mountains if you want to within i don't know an hour car ride or whatever so you're saying ideally for you it's best if you can have a little bit of both worlds and it's yeah. more likely that in this region you'll have mountains with a lake yeah as opposed to a beach with some yeah. hiking ability around it yeah that makes sense yeah i mean we talked to a few different people who were from like from your hometown uh, i've had that conversation a few times and from just from the igo in general just that region and i think it's i think honestly if you're born if you're born around mountains there's this like subconscious appeal to it or this like yearning to be around mountains and to to see them and to be uh, i mean there's this you'll understand this but there's when i see mountains especially like the ones in your hometown there's this like overwhelming sense of like brief existentialism where you're kind of like, wow, I'm so small and these giant rocks have been there forever and they will be there long after I'm dead. Yeah. And you feel kind of insignificant and it's really refreshing. And I think if you're born with that and you're always looking up at these giant things and you're always filled with the mentality that you should hike them and in a, in a sense conquer them. I think when you're raised with that, it's something that will never leave you. Yeah. But also because I, I was raised with that i experienced the situation you just mentioned more likely when i'm um at a seaside really yeah and i'm i'm not talking about i don't know little italian beaches somewhere you won't even see a wave right. but when you, when you see the atlantic or something oh man absolutely and i think that's obviously because i was raised to this to this other situation with the mountains right um And so I'm kind of used to that. I still have that within me, but I'm kind of used to that. And the sea is still something new. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Actually. Like you, you've like leaned into this other direction where it's something so, so also equally overwhelming, but in a different way. And like, I've definitely, I was, I mean, the, the place where I was raised was all flatlands. It was only fields, horse pastures, country roads, gravel streets and stuff. And for some reason, I've just always migrated towards these huge, like overwhelming oceans. I remember when we went to um, Tanzania, when we went to Africa, um, actually the time that we went there was their winter, even though it was, I don't know, in Fahrenheit, it was like 90 degrees. It was like 40, 40 and up in Celsius. And we had this cabin, um, cabin right on the Indian Ocean. And the Indian on Ocean. On the ocean. On the ocean, dude. It was unbelievable. Like, not in the water. Yeah. But, you know, there's like the tide rolling into the sand. You had quite a good stretch of sand. And then there's like a grass patch. And then there was your cabin. It was like this uh, hotel nice. housing setup. So they had like a main house with the, uh, with the kitchen and the bar and the restaurant. And then, which you had to walk to barefoot because it's on the sand. And then you walk barefoot back to your cabin house and you sleep in this big mosquito net bed and you drown yourself in, in like mosquito spray and you're taking malaria pills and stuff. And it's really <laughs> crazy. It's so, it's also exotic. And you know, there's absolutely no service, no internet, nothing. You're completely off the grid. And, um, which is also really also a very refreshing feeling, but just to stay on the ocean thing, we, There was like the first day we went there, we got checked into everything and it felt almost strange. Like we were out of place because it, it, no one else had checked in. 
So for the first, I think we were there for four or five days. And the first two until lunch the third day, we were the only guests. Ooh. Which is insane. I mean, it wasn't a huge place. I think it would in total only comfortably fit maybe 12 to 20 people. They, they had like, you know, a handful of activities they could take you on. So of course we took the safari three times in the, in the open window Jeep. And we, we went with, um, oh man, I can't believe I forgot the name of this. There's like a, a role that certain Eastern African people choose to be. It's kind of like choosing to be a priest kind of, you, you do it for a long time and you're celibate and you're mm-hmm. like pure. And there's a name for what they do. They, uh, this guy, Joseph, he, he wore this red robe and he, um, he had a spear and like, he was a genuine like hunter, uh, wise thing. And we like went into this, um, really beat down like three person kayak with him and it went through these like, you know, alligator infested waters with crazy bugs everywhere. And if you just barely moved your hips, the boat would rock really wide left. So it was so crazy. <laughs> but, um, this, when you, when we, the first day when we went there and we, we walked out of the cabin, we had everything settled and then we went to the beach and you just look as far as you can left and as far as you can right. And there's nobody around and it's just you two. And you just see the, the gaping void that is this gigantic ocean staring back at you. Like, look at, I mean, between, yeah. uh, where is it? Yeah, between Africa and for our listeners, we have a, a world map right in, in front of us so we can look it up. Yeah. So we were on Tanzania there in the far East and I think that's Zanzibar here, this island. So we went to both of those, and it's just this gaping, gigantic ocean in front of you, uh, all the way until Indonesia and Australia. So, you know, you look out, you see nothing, and it's just so deep, and you know it's so exotic. You know that there's sharks in there and giant giant squid and everything. So um, I think that feeling will always intrigue me and scare me and excite me more than mountains, even though mountains give me that refreshing, you're so small and insignificant feeling. Yeah. Just different. Just different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's kind of a of a of a Beatles versus Stones <laughs> argument. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but um, um yeah. since you, you, you mentioned you you always migrated um towards the ocean. If I look way west on this world map, northwest I see that New Orleans is pretty close to the ocean. How how are you? Yeah. We have never talked about about, or you have not, never told me stories about your your New Orleans New Orleans time, and you told me a huge amount of stories. But I, I was going to say, wait, what? <laughs> I think we have, but I, I think none of them included um, the ocean. Is it what? a thing or is it not not a thing? Well, that's the, that? That, that's the problem, kind of like in that in that area where. Um, where we had, where we went to school, there's like, so that's right on the Gulf of Mexico. And in, I don't want to say it sounds stupid and guess the wrong direction, but really near, like basically what new Orleans, so new Orleans is under sea level and the region of water that it is under is uh, Lake Pontchartrain. So mm-hmm. from there's um, the, the mainland, the, the last town on the mainland is Slidell, depending which bridge you cross. And then you cross, um, it's called the Twin Span, which is a beautiful, giant two-lane bridge that goes all the way across this humongous lake. And then you get into New Orleans, and then from there, um, the Mississippi River even goes through. Yeah, and, it looks like that. Yeah, 
and then you, um, yeah, that's the Bywater that's right there on, on the Mississippi River. And then you have to go even further, like really into the swamplands where there's almost no standing ground left to get, to get to that far. Um, but the swimming situation is so, I don't know. I don't know that this is as common in other States, but unfortunately in that region, public swimming it's just, it just doesn't have the same availability as it is in, in Europe. I mean, when you come here, like I, like I told on one of the other podcasts, you know, this Europe trip yeah. in 2013, yeah. five countries. And in all of them, there was a public nature built place to swim comfortably. And for me, that was so mind blowing because where we are, um, we were sneaking into apartment complex pools to swim. We were like hopping fences at night to swim because you just, it was just so hot and there were a couple of like pay to swim public places, but they were always packed and they were filthy. Um, and the water was really hot, you know, it just didn't feel like refreshing at all. And if you wanted to go swim in Lake Pontchartrain, there's areas of it where you could step in that were near the school. And of course we did that a few times in college, but the water is so dirty and like, okay, I don't know. It's like on the shore, there's so much pollution. There's You always see like a broken bottle and like a bunch of cigarette buds and plastic. And then when you get into the water, it's so dirty that you can't, if you just go under about an inch or so, you already can't see your hand. It's just so, the the, the soot and the, the sift and stuff is just moving around on it so much. Um, so it always felt a bit gross and a, bit, a little bit dangerous even to go in there. I remember okay. maybe first or second time I got in Lake Pontchartrain, um, I had this feeling that if, if a piece of glass is there or a, or a rock or something cuts me, I would get a pretty good infection. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. if not, I had that feeling that I would. Yeah. 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 yeah so the yeah, sensation yeah. of it being so gross just pushed me away. And then if you wanted to get into the ocean, what a lot of people will do what the most, most of the time, what they'll do is they'll drive, um, a couple of hours to, um, the Gulf coast. They'll go to the coast in miss. I think it's in Mississippi even, no, not Mississippi to Florida. Yeah. So they'll go right over there to, but still, still on the, on the Gulf of Mexico side. Right. Still on that side, on the inner left of Florida there on maybe like Pensacola or Destin. I think I want to say Gulf shores. I think there's a golf course there. Um, someone's going to correct me th with that, but yeah, there's, there's a few places where you can get in. And the only problem with that is yes, it's a day trip. Yes. It's a drive can be really fun, but you have to also walk out the, the water's so shallow that you have to, me and Ify took a day trip one time to do that. And we had to walk out. I forgot how far it was. It was a joke to us. We wondered if the whole thing was like the Truman show. <laughs> Cause you, you, you just kept walking and walking. We, I think we were out probably at least over a kilometer. That's what, 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 um, only a few people know that didn't even need a studio to shoot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shoot that movie. They actually shot it there. They shot it at Gulf Shores. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we walked out, I don't know, really, really far. And we just, it was still only to our knees. And we eventually jokingly like sat on our butt because we just wanted to get like, get our ears wet and stuff. And then we kept walking. But um, yeah, it's just not the same situation as here where, for example, Bodensee is two hours exactly from Munich. We yeah. timed it. Um, it's, and all those, those other other lakes, oh, Tegernsee, so Starnbergersee, yeah. Ammersee. Freiberg, Freibergersee. Freibergersee is in Oberstdorf. Freiburg is in Oberstdorf. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But even here, right around the corner, that's where I um, I rode past on my on my bike trip today, and I, I often go there with Tony for for a swim and just to chill. There are two super pretty, super clean water, 
easy rocks, so not the, the, the chunky ones where it's a pain in the feet. ass yeah. to get in the water, but smaller stones, even sand on some parts. Um, and it's seven kilometers away, so I get there on the bike or something. Yeah. And it's super easy, yeah. It's so, it's so nice. And uh, yeah, Bodensee has these, like, yeah, like I said earlier, it had this, has this really good oceanic flowing feeling and it's super fresh. And um, this last weekend, 4th of July, it was blistering hot. It was so lucky. It was almost cloudless and really hot and your skin was sizzling and you're like sweating off the lotion. And uh, we had all these floaties, like uh, we had like water hammocks and like floating beds and like a little boat. And uh, that was a really, really, really awesome No time. jet ski? No jet ski this time. <laughs> there, there is a guy that they know. Who also, <laughs> Obviously, there's a guy that they know who owns a fucking jet ski. Of course, of course. <laughs> but no, they know a guy who owns a boat that could honestly fit. I think it's a decent sized boat. From what I can tell, I think they gauged a boat in the distance once and said, oh, it's like his. Um, I think his boat could fit maybe eight to ten people. Ah, crazy. And we just haven't taken him up on that offer yet. But I think probably if we all go there again in August for a weekend or something, probably we'll convince them to ask that guy. Super nice. Yeah. Man, it's such a great it's a great place to go. But that's really... the thing people do there because um so a friend of mine, he has no own boat on the Bodensee, but he's um at university in Constance, one of the the bigger towns around the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and, big, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And him and many, it's not that far away or it's next to the, to the, to the, the Swiss border, but it's German. It's a German town next to the Swiss border. Constance. Constance. Oh yeah. I think, I think Ify's friend Kati lived there. I guess so. Yeah. I think so. She lived there for like a year. Probably. Yeah. Um, and him and many other friends of him who, who study with him in their free time, they just um, do their their sailor license, so they learn how to sail and get a license to, and are allowed to 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 sail with those big boats. Oh, that's really cool. That was re- that's and really it's just cool. and it, it sounded super weird f- for me because I don't know people here. I know they do sports besides um, university, like I don't know soccer, basketball, um, bouldering, or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm a sailor now." It's <laughs> so crazy. It's like the last thing you expect your friend to yeah. do. <laughs> it's like when I hear about someone that doesn't seem like they could do it, getting a like a pilot's license for helicopters or something. Yeah, like there, there's this comedian Bill Burr, and he's he's a great comic, and he has a he famously, if you follow him, he has a, a helicopter. I don't know if there's a difference between a pilot's license for. I guess there has to be a specific one for helicopters, but yeah. he has a helicopter's pilot pilot's this license. comedian. Yeah. What? It's crazy, man. And he apparently is very good. And whenever he gets on Joe Rogan or gets on, um, he has a podcast I listen to every week. It comes out Thursdays. Just um, like us. Same day as us. Yeah. Uh, if you want a double header, um, it's two ridiculous people, Bill Burr <laughs> um, and uh, Burt Kreischer is a... What's the name of the podcast? The Bill Burt Podcast. Okay. Very simple. <laughs> Pretty easy. They only have like... Um, I think they only have like 20 episodes. They're really fresh. They're, they came out around the same time we started. Um, maybe even a little younger. But um, but yeah, whenever they get talking about it, Bill Burr always um, has really interesting things about flying. If anyone's interested in helicopter licensing. By the way, one other thing, quick and dirty. Could it be that we have just missed our 
first artsy fartsy birthday? Hasn't it been? Has it been a year? No. I guess so. Wait, wait, wait. Let me check that. It's July. Wait. July. It's July and, and you recorded the first episode in May and we really released it. I guess. Let's see the first introduction. No. 10th of July. Whoa. And we have the 7th. Okay. So in three days, the introduction will have come out. They get to know the show episode. And the first, the first episode. It, did they, they came out like one week apart or one day apart? One, one week like, apart. 20, 22nd July was... Okay, it was the next week. Matt Austin okay. came out uh, July 22nd. Oh, man. So we can celebrate our birthday there. That's <laughs> crazy. That's amazing, man. That's that's so cool. I can't believe it happened already. But they have to think about how we, for a long time, only did one episode a month. Yeah. Then we introduced Backstage Stories, which is what we're doing yeah. now, which was twice a month. And now, honestly, Corona helped us bump up to once a week. And that's something I wanted to ask you about off mic, but I could also ask you about it yeah, while sure. we were on the air. Um, it developed to to some pretty cool routine, even in my everyday life. Yeah. It works out pretty good for me. I think it, so too. It doesn't feel like like a lot of um, a lot of extra stress or some some project I have to do. It just once a week, I'm going to have a little conversation. Dude, it's funny. Like, I think when we first started, I I think it was also with me. I felt that my schedule couldn't hold up doing once a week. I was like, how could yeah. we ever make this work? But even, I mean, even in the last, um, even like 10 episodes ago, when we were doing once a week, when we started it, I was, uh, I was doing some shifts at the school. I had German in the evenings. I was doing once a week with you. I was still having like uh, Efi time. I was having friend time, music stuff. And somehow it didn't feel like the show was impeding on anything. It didn't feel yeah. like I was stressed out to do it. I mean, sometimes yeah. we have like very easygoing schedule conflicts, but that's normal. Yeah. Because yeah. we have different jobs. But actually, it's always kind of worked out pretty cool. Um, how do you feel about it? I love once a week. I think it's the best um, version of the show. Um, I think the real great thing would be if in the future, um, depending where we are with our careers, if we can even get up to two shows a week, if we could do like, you know, if we could do guest and backstage and release like one on Mondays, one on Thursdays or something, for example. But that would mean we'd have to have like a lot more time. Yeah. And I guess um, it could even be more interesting to start that kind of idea when we actually experience backstage situations, when we rehearse with Mark, when we play a few concerts here, maybe a tour. Right. The tour reports. Oh, dude, the tour. Oh, now we got a third series coming <laughs> on, you guys. <laughs> Watch out. If your label's listening, better set up that tour. Absolutely, man. Oh, my God. You know, that would be so great, especially if next year, if we can actually hit the road and we can update people where we're going to be and like, just, you know, talk about, you know, how the show was and all the journey of, like, we could do the musician part. And we could have Mark on the show. And we could have Mark on the show, which I think would be extremely funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope he doesn't, at some point, leave the conversation <laughs> and we don't know where he went for an hour. <laughs> we just stare at, a, at, the, at the microphone standing there on its own. <laughs> yeah. No one speaking into it. God. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, God, whoa. Mark. Um, Jesus. But uh, I really, I really like to show where it's at right now of like what we can do with it. And, um, you know, what's funny actually speaking of, um, schedules and like what, what might come. 
have Do some, you have job news? I have some pretty interesting news, Modest Bachata. Um, so now we're talking. I have to preface this with the fact that it's tentative, which means it's not for sure. Okay. But it's a shot. It's a shot. Okay. So um, it's really crazy. You're, I know that this is probably going to blow your mind, but so there's a few things. One thing is that my friend, we know, Basti, a guest from the show. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Bolinos. He has uh, rooted for me and kind of auditioned me to... So if you've listened to the episode, as you know, he lives in Lisbon. And he has gotten He's a this, filmmaker. He's a filmmaker. He's a concept maker. He's he's um very talented guy and hard worker. And he's um basically got this position at uh, at or for um a Portuguese television network for a project. Mm-hmm. Um that's a, it's a season of a show. I think it might be the first time they're doing it. I'm not quite sure. But each episode like the essential concept of the program. I don't know how much I can really say, so I'll try and keep it a little vague. Um, the rough idea is that each time it'll be like kind of a fresh modern take on a, on a true docu series episode. So it'll follow real people with a real um, journey. Okay. But it doesn't, it, it's, it's ha- doesn't have, have only one topic no. and different approaches to it. No, the concept for each one will be like a little bit, Kind of bit. a standalone thing. Uh, yeah, I think it, maybe it's just one season. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what they what they plan for it. But basically, the idea for the whole series was that will be that each episode will follow one person on a okay, single okay, journey. Okay. And the idea being that they have a problem, maybe within or without their uh, industry of choice, uh, and the person that they're following is a bit of a specialist in that industry. And they will try and solve a bit of a problem. Like we've talked about this podcast, uh, Reply All before, like these two guys who solve internet problems that are really interesting and different and strange, sometimes really challenging. And this is a little similar to that in my head. And the idea is that um, for our episode, so he's basically pitched that I will be the person for one of those episodes. That you'll be be followed by by, by a camera team. So Basti will, will come over to Munich. It'll just be me and him. And we'll do everything as quickly, basically, as we can towards the end of July or into, into August, um, depending on his other projects and stuff. But, um, yeah, so for an episode... Could we make Basti film a little a little snippet of a recording like this? Of, of our show? I'll ask him. If I'll you follow use for a day? Yeah, if it, if, if, if the if schedule... It's, if it fits in. Yeah, if it works, I think that'd be... I think he'd like that. We can pay him in, in, in beer and dinner. <laughs> um yeah, that'd be great to actually have a little a little video episode. But um, yeah, so basically the problem I'll have is music related. It's super interesting. It's something that he conceptualized, I think, with their team. And so it's a, it's a fictional problem. It's a problem that they pitch that's related to music. And I, my job will be as a musician to solve that problem. Ah, now I see. I see, yeah. Right, so it'll be like, okay... So, you know, Mr. Jordan Prince, so it's like this, like, where are you from? What's your, what's your history with music? Blah, blah, blah. What do you do? And so something between a documentary and a game show. <laughs> I would say it's, well, no, I wouldn't say it's close to game show. It's, it's very artistic. It's very modern. Okay. Okay. Like their, their biggest rule is that there will be interviews, but there will, like the biggest golden rule is that there cannot be a single talking head frame. 
Ah, uh, there cannot okay. be over, you know, like me in the bottom left yeah. talking to camera. Just yeah. they can't do that. So it'll be like really interesting, like you know, narration, you know, a lot of movement, a lot of like changing locations. And um, I had a little call with Basti today about everything, and he kind of he recorded me to kind of audition myself for that. So it's not confirmed that I'll get it. Okay. But he says it looks really good and I'll know really soon if I'm going to be the star of an episode of a Portuguese TV show. <laughs> I must admit, I, I have been to Portugal, but I've never seen Portuguese TV, I guess. Me either. And honestly, I don't know if they're going to dub everything or if they're going to make an online link. I don't know any of that stuff yet. But that's just one little thing. That's just like one job. The big thing. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not more. even the big thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not even it. The big thing is that um, uh, of this, I know that I can't say too much, but essentially because of Ify's agent, yeah, an opportunity has come through the film television grapevine that would potentially, if we do a good job with this test project and we get accepted to be on this team, then we would be working together on a German television show. Uh, what would what would, would your job be? The music. Okay. So, so you kind to, of get a, of a of a pilot project? Yeah, basically like so we had we had a phone call today with the with the head producer. Mm -hmm. Um because her agent pitched us as a team because of the music and the writing. And it it's um it's a younger it's a younger show. It's for it's for basically kids and preteens. Oh, okay. So it's very innocent. It's very sweet. It's like kind of a cute soap opera like thing. And there will be um, a big music element to it that um, that will be my special department. So me and Ify will like make the ideas for the characters and for the episodes. And then she will do all of the main um, head front of the writing. And I will be doing the main part of the music. Um, and I think that's probably the most I can say because that's for sure not confirmed. We, we have um, another meeting with this person towards the end of this month. We have to bring him some ideas mm -hmm. and then we'll see like if he likes it, then we could be accepted and then man, it would be a huge a whole show. It'd be like a, it'd be a legit show. And then that would mean it's a whole new show. It's, it's all that fresh would be a job for a year, I guess, dude, it would be a huge project. And I was just thinking today how great it would be to already work with her, do music, get out of day jobs, and like use this as a platform of like getting into the actual industry that I studied for. And like, oh, it's just such a relief to to imagine that, like to get out of that. And um, it's just so, so exciting and scary and refreshing all at once, you know? Believe that. Fuck, man. I really hope that, I really hope that pulls through. Cheers. Yeah, cheers to that, On dude. you. Thanks, And man. that news. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I had some really nice... But I have to yeah, ask one question. Yeah. Will you be on the show? <laughs> Because no, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 picture, I picture you in kind of a Teletubby setting, <laughs> playing the guitar. Oh, hey, no. kids. So this is how the little, little rabbit found out that drugs are bad. <laughs> <laughs> I actually would love to be that guy. <laughs> and, then, and then just play a song with your guitar. Yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Um, but it's, 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 it's aimed for an audience pretty young. But the 
characters that we'll be watching are a bit older. So it's meant, it's meant kind of like for the younger ones to look up to those people. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? But it'll be, um, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty interesting what they, what they want. And I think off, off mic, I can tell you, I can tell you more details. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. That's the, that's the big, the biggest news so far, I'd say. Um, yeah. It's amazing. And I think if things like that work, you know, if we, if I have a more. It's like, a first step into the industry. Yeah, exactly. And it's a logical next step from working at a school for two years to I'll make the music for a show that is made for children. Yeah, you know, that's actually not a bad correlation there. Um, it just fits. It's funny, the guy didn't even ask, you know, what we were doing. I, it, it was really cool, though, because um, so I made, so I have a couple of different CVs obviously for, for the things I'm looking into. And I was looking for a lot of, I was looking really hard into film and music jobs. That's really what I want to do. And of course I was, it took me some time to, to get myself to that place. But I realized that I, I have done a lot and I like these things with, with, uh, with David and these TV shows that I had worked on and stuff. And um, someone else had to help me like, that makes a pretty good CV, I would say someone else had to help me make it not so humble. Basically they were like, no, no you should put every, all this stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, that looks good. And, um, I, th- I have one for, for that. So it was really cool to like crack down all these things that I had just forgotten I had done and put it all on this paper and be like, you know what? That's not a bad CV for film and TV. Yeah. It's really not or like for a music job or something. Yeah. I was, it was the first time in like years where I had looked at the jobs I had done that weren't related to like me as Jordan Prince, but more as like me as working for a project. Yeah. And I was like, I can be, I can be proud of that. You know, yeah. I just never, I had never feel that way until I see it on paper or something. Yeah. And I think you think, I think in some situations you are too humble with that. I've heard that a lot. I don't know if it's, I, I, I would say it's like, I think the kind way to say it is humility. Probably for me, it's like a genuine feeling that it's someone else's thing that yeah. I did in my head such a small thing for. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But in general, you can always say, you know, I, you know, worked on the music for. Yeah. Or worked, you know, with, uh, you know, consulted on the story for. Yeah. And it, it is, you know, it is helpful, so you can say it. Yeah. I have, I've, I, it's, in my job, it's the same thing. Yeah. I, I played pr- pretty small roles and did um, jobs in the background for projects that turned out to be great. Yeah. And I even didn't think about it. And then <laughs> when I put up, uh, uh, the last time I put up a CV, um, a friend of mine said, hey, you've, you've been, you've been, hey, you've been a, a part of this project too. Why don't you mention it? Yeah. And when you, and when you, when you add one on each other, it sums up to a pretty decent amount. Yeah. It always seems so small. But you like- don't think about it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. But I have one question I have to ask you because Tony asked me before the show, you have to ask Jordan this question. Okay. Have you heard anything back from TikTok? Oh, they said no. Uh, <laughs> they said no. But having heard those other news before that, I think we yeah, it's, <laughs> can get over it. But, but what did they say? You just, just no. No, I mean, honestly, uh, TikTok and this other company that I looked into for like TikTok was for musical supervision, which is kind of the, like the dream getting into that, like curation supervision position. Um, but 
and this other this other job that also said no was more for like social media brand influencing stuff. Um, and both jobs, even though they were very different positions, were extremely polite. It was a really totally cool email. Like I wish that blogs and magazines that tell me no were that nice. Okay. <laughs> it was so different from what I'm used to. You can tell it was kind of like a pre-made uh, sample yeah. and they just changed some, some things around, but it was like, um, you know, Hey, we really appreciate you, you, um, applying and we checked out, you know, your, your information. Um, we had a, a lot of other applicants as you can imagine. And we just decided to go with someone else, but we wish you all the best and everything. So I wasn't really too bummed about it. It was kind of a long shot, Yeah, but it's cool to have the other news in place of that. <clears throat> of course. It's great news, but that's something that just just came to mind when you said um, magazine and blogs. You meant um, like reviewers John Prince of, as, a, as as a musician, right? Right. And that's exactly the point because I I feel that companies um, and that could be any companies from or blogs or newspapers or uh, someone who does film or whatever or in general. Companies in general are, in most cases, I guess, not not every company, um, way more humble when they um, they send you a no on your application or they call you whatever because they have it in their mind. Okay, this this person still reached out to us and and um, worked on a decent application and sent some stuff in and we've we've seen the work. Yeah. But with something like art, like music, mm-hmm. they rather don't. Even if it's still for you as a musician, yeah, work. Yeah, it's, it's a different, a different approach of, um, like a different way of communicating. Of a, yeah, or, or just a, a different method of like appearances. It's funny because I think with with like TikTok, you know, I mentioned in this, um, you you could write like a private message with your CV to, to TikTok. And I mentioned to them, like, I'm a huge fan of your product and I'm, I'm using it every day. And, um, you know, I, I, even if, you know, I didn't say this, but in, in so many words, it was like, you know, if this doesn't work out, you know, like I still love what you guys do and whatever. And for the other company, I didn't say that, but they don't know that I'm, that I am or am not a customer of what they, what they offer. Yeah. So I think these bigger companies, they, I think part of their mentality is that they want to be kind because they know that I've reached out and they also yeah. say, we want to keep that customer. Yeah. You know, because if I, if they were really mean and really short, I mean, in this culture, if I was the type of person, I could have absolutely taken a screenshot, put it on Twitter, yeah, called them out. Hey, this is how, how TikTok um, treats people who, who do an application for a exactly. job. Exactly. And I think, I think companies today are, extremely aware of the fragility of their social yeah. presence. Yeah. You know? And I think that's really interesting with blogs. It's different. I mean, I, they could really, they could, they just don't give a shit because you, uh, even if you're a, f- a follower of what they do or not, I think what makes them feel proud is, <clears throat> you know, they're being honest. They don't like it or they do. And if they don't like it, I've received some really cold, in my opinion, quite cold responses, but I think they take pride in what they feel is complete honesty. So even if I was a follower, let's say, for example, it was a big reviewer like Pitchfork. I have no idea what their negative response would be like. I've read some of their album reviews. 
that are published that are of bigger artists that were, I wouldn't say like terribly, terribly harsh, but definitely a bit cold in my taste. Um, and who knows? I mean, maybe the band that they give a negative re- review for are like huge Pitchfork fans that read their updates every week. Um, and I don't know if they care so much that the band reads their blog as much as the readers who love Pitchfork appreciate the honesty and can abide by that. Yeah. So maybe that's the difference that like these music reviewers want the, the readers, whether it's the band or not to follow it for its taste and language, whether it's really negative or positive. And the bigger companies are aware that if they're not cool, that it'll be blasted in a sense. Yeah. Forgility is is a, is the, 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 the right term to, to sum that up, I guess. It's so, it's so, um, it happens so much, man. Oh, speaking, unless you have a, a, a thought you really want to get out of, I, no? I just thought of something, man, I really wanted to talk about this. Um, so I don't, I, I haven't talked to you about it yet. I'm sure you probably heard about it in the news, but maybe not. I don't know how much you follow this sort of thing, but so earlier we mentioned like Joe Rogan and Bill Burr and Burt Kreischer. So these are really you know, very famous, very successful, especially Joe Rogan, LA comics. Yeah. And within their LA comic circle, there are plenty of other big podcasters and big comedians that I follow and appreciate and pay attention to and all that other stuff. One of them that I, for years, man, for years have been such a big fan of, but has just broke my heart and half is Crystalia. Do you know anything about Crystalia? Like who Heard he, the name, but not so sure. Not so sure. When you see it. his face, uh, you'll recognize him just because he's, he's one of those guys that if you don't know him, you've seen his face. So okay. you'll recognize him. So, um, extremely successful stand-up comic. He's been doing it for a long time. He's got, you know, three or four specials on Netflix. He just, he just released one during the pandemic called no pain which wasn't his best, but I still liked it because I like him. Mm-hmm. And he has a podcast called Congratulations that comes out every week. It's just him alone going on these crazy, funny rants. And I was listening to it every week. When his special came out, he had an interview on Rogan. He had an interview with Tom Segura. He had his own show. I listened to all of it. I was really hyped about it. I'm a big fan. Yeah. And just recently, towards the end of June, um, I was late to the news I found out this month in July, but it had started at the end of June. First thing I noticed was that um, his podcast hasn't hadn't come out in like over two weeks. And I thought, oh, that's strange because I heard the last episode and he didn't mention anything about taking a vacation. So then I went on Twitter and I, I even like I even went on Twitter, but just so dumb for me because I don't I'm so weak with Twitter. We've talked yeah, about it before, yeah. but I went on my own page and then wrote him, like, at Crystalia, hey, man, what's up? It's been two weeks. You know, like, just hoping maybe he would comment for fun. But of course he of course he doesn't. It's not a big deal. But I, I just, that was where my head was at. I was like, where's his show? I haven't heard from him in a while. And then finally, I think last week, I was, uh, I'm a big Reddit user. Yeah, I know and I, that. <laughs> yeah, and... I saw on the popular trending news um, that 
there was some big news about sexual allegations. And I was like, oh. I was like, no, please don't tell me that he's been called out for something. And then I clicked this link and it was this humongous article in the LA Times. Big publication. And they did this long article that, of course, was all linked back to Twitter posts. So then I, had, I went back and, and read those two. The story is... It all started with this one girl, I think her name's Simona, and she basically gathered the strength, gathered the motivation to out him for, the term is grooming young girls, so, you know, finding them when they're underage and grooming them until they, grooming them meaning um, coercing them into sexual activity either before they're of legal age or until the moment they just turn legal, Okay, which is just as creepy and wrong. And then she posted these emails and, and text messages from him. Um, you know, at first it seems kind of dumb, kind of semi-innocent, maybe a bit naive stuff. And then it, it, it never, in the messages that are posted, it doesn't seem to get too disgusting or like too graphic. But uh, a lot of girls ended up like, you know, it's just chain reaction, like me too, from Harvey Weinstein, just bam, 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 bam. All these girls came out and it was, you know, he was writing girls when they were 16. He was, um, you know, these are all allegations of course. And I don't want to, I don't want to like 100% assume that he's just absolutely busted, but I do believe women off more, more often these days than maybe my, um, naive self would have, you know, five years ago or six years ago. But of course, now my first thought is, oh my God, he definitely did it, you know, as opposed to yeah. whatever I used to think in the past, like, oh no, these girls But has he just... brought out a statement or something? So here's the thing. So he, so all these girls released all these statements, posting emails, text messages, Instagram DMs, Twitter messages. Um, they were all pretty, uh, pretty damning. Um, and they even connected, you know, the same email address to all of them. So oh. they were, it was proven that like that email was connected to his, um, blue checked Twitter page. And that was the one that was writing all of them. So it's definitely him. Okay. And then he went quiet for two or three weeks, maybe just maybe less, maybe two weeks. And, um, he released a statement through TMZ, which is a entertainment gossip, uh, channel, very yeah. popular. And before he released that, um, first his, uh, his agent, his manager, CAA, which is an enormous talent agency dropped him. I mean, this, these guys, this thing has everyone you can ever think of as Steven Spielberg. I mean, it just has everybody on it. They dropped him. So he just lost all this stuff, um, in the last uh, couple of weeks, released a statement saying, um, you know, I know that I got wrapped up in my lifestyle, which I guess is his way of excusing that he was like hunting for young girls. Um, but he claims that all of his relationships were, were legal and consensual and he basically is denying it. And, okay. uh, he released some information in the last week. Um, one of the girls who claimed that he was grooming her at 16 and hitting on her, um, he released a message where she claimed she was 21 at some point, And another girl who um, told him that she was 18. So, you know, in a couple of cases, maybe they weren't 
totally honest up front about the age, but even when he found out that they weren't that age, he still continued to write them oh. and to, <clears throat> to kind of get them into a place where as soon as they turn 18 or something or whenever he's back in their hometown that they could, they could meet up. And it's just the classic story. You know, a guy, he's, he's rich, he's famous. How old is him? He's 41, dude. Oh. He's 40 years old. And it's so disappointing because I, also, I mean, you know, I listen to this podcast of his every week, and he had just gotten to a point in the last few months. He has a girlfriend for, for years. I, I, he's not married, but it was definitely like a lifetime partner. And he had just had a little baby boy. So he had a baby with her, and he was his attitude on the podcast was changing a little bit like he was he even sounded a little bit softer at times like he's a pretty edgy kind of ridiculous comedian and there was like gaps of the show where he was just talking about his like beautiful innocent sweet little baby and you know like that could turn a lot of people off maybe if they're used to a certain thing but part of me was also like oh that's actually really sweet that that's the mentality that he gets with this and yeah man i mean i feel so bad for his for his girlfriend to, to be exposed to all of this and he lost everything. He's not, he, of course he's, he's disappeared from social media entirely um, because I guess they're preparing some sort of defense. Um, but I'm just so, I'm so bummed out by that because it's, you know, it's, it's dumb to say that I felt like I knew him, but I think if you really listen to that many because he does the shows alone. So you kind of see inside his brain a little bit. And I think if you listen to someone that much and you actively go to search out their interviews and you do the whole YouTube, like, oh, Chris D'Elia, Savage Moments. It's like, I was doing all of that. I was like a huge, huge fan. Yeah. And it just really, just so disappointing. Like more, for me, it's more disappointing than the people that I didn't know. Like I had no idea who Harvey Weinstein was. You didn't know? I didn't. I knew Weinstein Company. I knew he was like some guy in film. But like, I didn't. Lord of the Rings? Yeah, of course. Like, you know, after the fact. Yeah. I'm like, oh, who was this guy? And he did every single yeah. amazing, like, he produced incredible movies. Like, some of the most favorite movies of mine of all time. You know, he was like the, Weinstein was like the 90s, early 2000s film hit maker. He did everything. So, of course, after the fact, I was like, man, that's like so disturbing that that's, you know, what he was doing behind the curtains. Um, and it's atrocious and disgusting and awful. And with Chris, it's, it's, you know, there's no um, like evidence of him, you know, physically doing the things that, like, for example, that, that Harvey was doing, which is, um, I wouldn't say one's, one's less bad, but. I'm just kind of thankful that there's no, there's no evidence that he was like physically hurting young girls because I th like there's something so something that just fuels this like I don't know animalistic anger in me when I think about that, and the fact that he's even doing what he's doing is just so yeah fucking stupid man stupid it's, it's unbelievable to me like. Doesn't he have any, he's, 
like a good looking famous guy with a, like he has this like supermodel girlfriend and he just had a baby and he has like a mansion. Like, can't you just be happy with that? Can't you, or if you're not happy with her, can't you like look for people your own age? That's so, so crazy. Um, yeah. And the, the real the fucked up thing is that, yeah. um, as far as I know in pop culture, let's say since the fifties that has in each decade, at least been one big case like that. You always had this with musicians, with with actors, with directors, etc. Yeah. Even the whole John Lennon story. What was his what was his story again? <sighs> this um I'm not sure about what is confirmed or rather not, but there have been um stories about how he treated his first wife. Um, before he oh, was leaving her, her and his son to come together with Yoko Ono. Oh yeah, there, yeah. He used, there's stories that he used to beat his wife, right? Yeah, right, right. Plus, right. Um, assaulting girls they met on tour, etc. Um, but I'm not, but I'm honestly, not, I'm not quite I'm sure not about it. But 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 the shocking thing is that now we're in the twenties of this century. Yeah. So it has basically been going on. And I, obviously, this has been going on <laughs> since, uh, um, since since mankind since colonization. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, in, within pop culture, that's that's the the, the topic. Yeah, um, and since seventy years, we still have those cases. And I guess, from a feministic point of view, we have done some steps into the right direction but it's still so shocking yeah that it's 2020 and this story could have happened 70 years ago the only difference would probably be that w it would not be a story because nobody would care <laughs> back in the 50s it would have just been snuffed out yeah. yeah do you know that there has been a discussion in the german parliament the bundestag um in 2001 or 2003 basically one of those years not so long ago, about whether beating your wife, so when you're married, should be a crime or not. That was a conversation discussed. That Germany. was the conversation. The conversation was, should there be a law that this is illegal, that you can get arrested for this? I can't believe that they had to ask the question. And you know what? <laughs> um, Horst Seehofer, you've heard his name. Yes, but I don't know. He's been he's is. been um, the minister president, prime minister of Bavaria for a long time. Now he's the um, in minister minister for for <laughs> topics within the country. Internal politics. In internal politician, internal politics, internal Ooh. politics. Okay, something learned. Um, He's the current um, Minister of um, Internal Politics mm -hmm. and he voted against that law. So he was saying with this vote, and this was 2001 or 2003, no, beating your wife should not be a crime. He said it should not be a crime. Yeah, he voted Jesus. against against the, the, the new law. What was the, do you remember what the vote ratio, I hopefully it turned out more votes uh, yes to no. I could, I, could, um, I mean, is it, that. it's not still in law, but... But how crazy is this? This has been 
That's that's when I was a little insane, a little kid. I mean, you know, the crazy thing is too, because I'm always I'm, I'm always comparing nowadays, especially because this is you know artsy fartsy immigrants. I'm always comparing America to Europe, and in my mind, a, a question like that would never be brought up here, and I'm absolutely blown away that it's not brought up in America. <laughs> You know, yeah. This is where all this—I mean, this demented stuff happens yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But in America, it's so—it seems so prominent. I don't know. Okay, so I guess I'm not—I'm not sure if I mixed things up, and this has been the um, discussion, or if it, this is a second one. But here's an article um, from the Collective Corrective, which is a great um, research collective works for many big newspapers, etc. Mm -hmm. And they title um, those politicians voted against um, uh, voted against uh, ab about rape being a legal case. So this was even about rape. They said you can't technically rape your wife? They, this, this was a discussion about if um, rape if rape within a marriage should be a crime or not in 1997. Oh my God. And man. it tells, and, and then they have a, a list of who was there. <sighs> and it has been Jose Hofer and also Friedrich Merz, who's one um, of the candidates for being the next chief of the CDU, the big party. Mm -hmm. And maybe for for chancellor when there's um, the election next year that guy voted this against guy too. voted against a law that um should say rape within the marriage is also a crime he voted that it's not also a crime <laughs> he said it, it basically he said it should not be a crime and this guy is going up for chancellor probably next year Honestly, I think it's time that uh, Germany has some has some revolt and protesting because I mean that's absolutely absurd. Yeah, oh, man, protests are going strong. Like the the, the Black Lives Matter um, mm -hmm. protests have brought thousands and tens of thousands of people on the streets. Like the one in Munich, I, I was there. There was the biggest in Germany. 25,000 people. That's amazing. But in Berlin, it, have, it has been 15,000. In Hamburg, 10,000. And so on and so on and so on. It's amazing that there was more people here for it than there were in Berlin. Yeah, that's, that's super crazy and, um, and super cool. And the cool thing was, because um, since a few years, there is a new culture, I would say, for, for protest marches in, mm. in Munich. Since then, there have many records been broken that have, was were set back to the, the biggest demonstration before in Munich before 2018 was in 1984 or something. That has been a huge gap. And that has wow. developed a new culture because of many topics, climate strikes, etc., etc. There has been big demonstrations and now in, uh, about um, against the new police law in Bavaria. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there is this certain bubble. Like you could imagine like... Um, left students etc etc mm -hmm. you know those kind of um those kind of kind of people students um people who studied who who work in an intellectual sector or whatever 
Yeah. Um, that this bubble is the the people on the streets, and I feared before the Black Lives Matter um, demonstration was that this would be the case again, and that the people who are affected by racism mm -hmm. would rather not be there. But luckily, it was the the craziest mixture of different um, groups yeah. within within our society that has been there together. And it's been so, so cool. Oh, that sounds great, man. I mean, it's a shame that there even has to be these marches, you know, but, yeah. it's, but it's amazing that Europe has joined in just as much as America. No. Man, it's so, it's so But crazy. since we've talked about Hosteofa, have you heard about this um, following the Black Lives Matter demonstrations, uh -huh. um, the whole discussion about, okay, how big is systemic racism in Germany? And yeah. there has been a pr an approach that there should be research about racism within German police. Mm. And then Horst Seehofer, who's also, um, also responsible for German police, okay. um, said yesterday or the day before yesterday um, that there shouldn't be a research because there can't be racism within um, German police. Because <laughs> What? Because racism is illegal. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I've I've read tweets like um What? my bike is gone but it can't be stolen because that's illegal. <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe I just heard that. It can't <laughs> we should <laughs> I can't even think about that I hadn't okay but it's still pretty pretty sad is it, but is this just in Bavaria or is this a German no, no, for, wide no for, for a German wide yeah oh that's disgusting oh my god that's so dumb I'm so disappointed in that because I just always imagined that Germany was like leaps more uh, progressive than America in terms of things like that yeah that's really sad to hear man That's unbelievable that they don't even want to internally investigate anything because they just believe it doesn't exist. Because that's, that's it's how illegal. These, that's how these problems yeah, exactly. get worse. Yeah. Those do, problems do you, feed by, by, by those discussions and you, arguments. I mean, you work, you work around a lot of news and media. I mean, do you hear about a lot of, um, I'm, I'm sure it's not the same as um, the amount of cops that are killing black people in America, but do you... Uh, hear a lot of um, stories of, of uh, police brutality or police racism? Yeah, but... Um, or what would the not in a, Not in a, in, a, um, not in a violent way. In a violent way. Okay. Um, so if you're black and you land at the, the German, at the, at the Munich airport, you know you'll be the first guy who they go fully over, take off your shirt, etc., etc. You know, the full okay, procedure. So they're, they're profiling... Racial profiling, yeah. I, you hear those cases a lot. Um, and yeah, systemic racism also within the whole society. Like it is definitely harder um, to to get a flat in, in one of the bigger cities if you don't look like a random white dude. And those kind of suggestions, but there are not... They are still there, and I have to look it up because I don't want to say something wrong about it. Right. But there are 
by far not that many cases where um, police officers have shot at um, people, at black people, or um, right. have have um, have killed them. Right. Because I guess it's because all in all, um, a police officer afterwards has to find a very very good reason on why he took out his gun. Right. And even used it. Would you say so? This this is yeah. pr pretty strictly. That's because of <laughs> Germany's um, history. Taking out your gun as a as a as a police officer right. is the very last thing you should do, and that's um, it's your last like life or death option. Yeah. Okay, and that's the way it, that it absolutely always should be for anybody who has a gun. Um, well, in America, there's this thing. While you're looking that up, there's a thing um, that I think should be eliminated in terms of American police force called police immunity, which uh, actually John Oliver touched on, which was really interesting. But um, essentially what that means is that if a police officer shoots someone and they claim that it was self-defense or they claim they had no other choice, then the officers who are on that same force are not obligated to testify against him, especially ones that were on the same case or in the same scenario. They, they're not obligated to... to uh, and. and in fact, they're actually frowned upon and usually shamed and, and, and fired if they voice up, which is really the, the disgusting thing about it because it doesn't make any sense. If they, if they take an innocent life, why wouldn't everyone want to stop that and investigate why? You know, if there's people always talk about this ridiculous concept of um, a few rotten apples or a few rotten eggs or however you want to metaphorically just, you know, describe this, this idea, but. It's honestly, in America, that's just not the case. It's just not that. And yeah. honestly, there was someone who had this viral video of saying like, hey, you know, if there's like a couple of, um, you know, bad burgers at McDonald's, you don't shut down the franchise. Well, I mean, but you should investigate why those burgers were bad, where the meat came from and why it made people sick. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if there was a worker in this meat factory who like pissed in the meat, that guy needs to be taken care of. Yeah. You know, and the thing in America is they're saying that, no, the franchise is good. It was just a bad burger. And then they say, but don't ask about the burgers. Don't investigate it. And the police have this immunity where they're not, they're not obligated to testify. And honestly, if they just say it was self-defense, then that's it. That's just it. They're, yeah. they're killing people and they're not getting any repercussions from it. And there are so many obvious filmed, like, you know... <laughs> What's the word there? Um, when they're videotaped, when they're, there's so many, uh, I forgot, the, there's like a perfect like journalism word for that, but just a uh, documented. There's so many documented cases of this kind of um, like unnecessary and deadly use of force. And because of this police immunity, it's... Um, it's ignored and it's forgotten about and it's buried. And this is the thing that's coming into the limelight. I mean, uh, now more than ever, but even I think it was five years ago when Black Lives Matter really blew up and had some marches, like even then, and still nothing, not a single thing has changed and only more black people have died. And honestly, I don't know that even if, if more have, if, if there's more dying now, or if, uh, you know, I think we talked about it before, but even I think Will Smith had a quote where he said, um, racism isn't uh, increasing. It's just being filmed. Yeah. You know, everyone has a phone. Everyone sees it. Yeah. Um, but is something, is there something like that in Germany with this uh, 
you know, if, if someone does draw a gun, you said that they're investigated for this, right? Yeah, but they're still investigated by their colleagues. By their colleagues, okay. Do you know, do you know of any stories of any police who used unnecessary force and they were reprimanded for it? Yeah, I know that there are those cases, but I could not tell how many of them and if yeah, the, yeah. The, those numbers have changed. Um, but what I found, I didn't find any statistics that would um, I could easily look it up on, but I've read about, I read a few articles while you talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot, a, sh- a shocking lot of cases where um, German police has either killed um black people or people of color by POC um, or has um, tortured them till death and stuff. Like there are many cases I've read like over 10 already now, but I don't have any, um, I couldn't compare it to to cases within the US, but um, I found numbers to shootings on, um, by or shots fired by, and deadly shots fired by, by German police. And German police um, shot and killed. Um, that's a that's a hard thing because shot. Shot um, is different from shot and ash- killed, right? Exactly, but in German, shot a season is way more connected to killing, shooting to kill. Yeah. Okay. But um, I mean, that's normally what it's. So they have killed the, those shot, the deadly shots in the year two thousand eighteen four fourteen. And 67 shots been fired in general. Yeah. And that's and they said it's a quarter of the numbers um, they have in the, in the USA. A quarter of the numbers. Okay. Still a lot of numbers, though. Yeah. And I think the main the main source of that problem actually comes down to, you know, there's there's a there's an argument that I am not in any way defending the the amount of, of unnecessary use of force in America at all. But there is an interesting argument that is worth investigating as to this. The, the problem that I see is that a lot of police who tend to draw their gun first are under the impression, whether it's valid, believable, or not, is that the perpetrator that they are chasing or trying to negotiate with in some way or, or whatever has a gun. Yeah. And of course there are hundreds yeah. of, of, of hum of very famous documented cases where like yeah. people are completely unarmed. And, and I'm not talking about those. Those are disgusting uh, murders of innocent people, but there is a large amount of cases also that are uh, not worth televising as much but there is a, a a point where some people do uh, some police officers do come into contact with with you know their I'm using quotation marks here but their suspects people they believe have done wrong or they maybe even have seen them done wrong if they steal something or or not no. but they believe they have a gun or maybe they do have a gun I think what's in- interesting if if we narrow down this idea that I'm talking about to the people that actually do have a gun okay. For me, that is also a different, and I, I wouldn't say it's hard to talk about that because the problem, the real, real problem, is exactly what Black Lives Matters stands for. But there are people of whatever race that actually do have a gun, 
And of course, that immediately encourages American police to use deadly force. And the second really big problem that encourages and induces all of these unnecessary murders is the fact that there are so such loose gun laws. Yeah. You know, like despite these completely unnecessary murders of like children and women, there are, and fathers, you know, there are also people who are, it's so easy for them to get a gun. No. Despite if people believe it's black market or not. I mean, there are so many documentaries of people just walking into a gun store and buying a gun and buying ammo. Yeah. And if they can control their temper in the moment. I've seen TikToks <laughs> where people, and this is not meant ironically, it's TikToks where um, where people go in a gun shop yeah, um, and want to buy ammo and are having a nice conversation um, with the gun shop owner and he pulls out a, a grenade and explains it to them. And, them, and um, at some point... Um, he he pulled out the the string, the the trigger, the trigger. What? Um, and and the people in front of the desk are are trying to hide or something, and then have a big laugh because it's a, it's it's not real. Oh and I was like, <laughs> and and the TikTok was like, there was a caption like, Haha, he really got them like. Oh. And I was like, what the actual? What have I? just seen how can this be legal how can a guy whatever shop he may run pull out a fucking hand grenade within a shop that's i mean (laughs) it's like absurd it's like pulling out a rhino it's just (laughs) something that doesn't belong there and it's terrifying yeah man yeah i mean that's a that's a whole different systemic issue that the thing is like in america there are just so many things in place um, and obviously some of these things seem to be bleeding over or even creating new problems in, in Europe, but, or all over the world, but it's, uh, it's, there's so many giant systemic issues that are just not addressed for the point of money. No, yeah. It makes people buttloads, yacht fools, gaping holes full of money, you know, just an extremely stupid amount of unnecessary billions you know no but you know what what is the the craziest thing for me every time um because we we've we've um made quite a quite a way now to where we are but um that racism is a topic that every time i have a conversation with someone about it or even better um get teached by someone who can tell me more about it than been asked to to white guys um, or or read books or whatever. Right. This problem gets bigger and includes more other factors, like who has an interested interest in it, money, etc., weapons, right. and right. because you get to the point where yeah, the real problem is, and then you have a discussion about this, and you end at the point where you thought, okay, now I've talked about the real problem, but realize, oh. There's even a bigger picture. There's even a bigger problem because what I wanted to, to answer to, to, to your part there is that, yeah, it is a problem that there are completely different gun laws um, within the US than, than in Germany. Yeah. But I would say 
that is even um, only another outcome of the real problem. Yeah. Because of the situation that, or because guns are ava available, this pro this 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 problem has another outcome. Mm -hmm. In Germany, it just or in in countries where we have stricter gun laws, etc. Or in any way, another setting. Yeah. It it um it shows itself in a completely other way. We already talked about this, I guess, two episodes ago. Um, we talked about yeah. Dude, I'm sorry. Um, we keep bumping the mics. <laughs> not thinking about it. Sorry. In the the difference between between um between colonialism and slavery between Europe and the USA is that the USA brought people from Africa on their territory right. and treated them like shit. Right. And the U Europeans. <laughs> came over to Africa to treat people like shit. And that still has <laughs> yeah. big effects on, on, on the, the time we live in. Yeah. Um, and it's only another example on how, how this basic problem of racism has so many different outcomes. It's been ingrained for hundreds and hundreds of years, man. Perhaps even longer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the history of, of some of these more ancient countries, but... Oh my God, man. White people have just taken, like just taken whatever they wanted from people of color for so long. It's just gotta stop. It's just gotta stop. Not seeing, not seeing people of different whose faces or skin color look different as seeing them as like something else, like seeing them as like a type of person that's really gotta stop. No. It's like, it, I mean, I'm, I'm, it sounds so cheesy and it also sounds redundant because that's what everyone wants ideally, but it's, it's really this, like, it really just boils down to is, is supporting a, like an industry that's so big, you can't fathom it more important mm -hmm. than just being kind to a, another person who has lungs and eyes and a mouth and just wants to feed their family just like you. Like, can you really... Keep your keep that line separated enough because the more that you, the like the moment that you take one step in the direction of not caring that much, you're just like sub, unintentionally you're just filling the pockets of these extremely wealthy geniuses who have created this system. No, that keep you in this box. And that allow you to think that, well, it's not really my problem. I don't see it that much. I actually have a, a cousin who is a cop and he's a really great guy and he has never had any issues like this. And, you know, oh, I have... He a, can't be racist because racism is illegal. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same the, the it's same, the argument. same argument. Yeah. It's like, no, this is, if, if anything, like during this pandemic, like take the time to think about what kind of human being you want to be remembered as. No. Think about the kind of person that you're leaving for your children. Do you want to be someone who thinks about other human beings and actually takes the time to look into what their people have gone through and think about like how you think about other races? I mean, this thing about it being filmed more and more. I mean, if any day that you go on Reddit or any day that you even, I mean, Facebook is a whole different beast, but just any, you know, publicly sourced, you know, information site, there are so many things every single day where people are just like 
dogs for no. no reason to people who look different because they're angry that they took their parking spot or because they're angry about this or that, about stuff that doesn't matter. No. You know? It's so crazy. Should we take a little a little break here and um, come back? And Not a bad minutes? idea. All right, guys. Man, this kid at school, I didn't tell you yet, but he, so there's a kid who's in year four at the school and he's, uh, he's from, I think he's from the Netherlands somewhere, but I know that, I know that after this school year, so in like two and a half weeks, he's going to move to Holland with his, with his parents. I guess that's where they're from probably. And they're going to move back. Okay. And, um, he brought me this. I didn't really get what this this book was that he brought to me. This um, I didn't really get what the concept was. And then he opened it, and it was things you could fill in. And then he said, um, like, hey, Mr. Prince, would you would you fill this out? So he brought it to me in the classroom, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, it's like asking what my name is and where I'm from. <laughs> and that's at first, cute. I, well, at first, I just thought, like, you oh. You call it Freundbuch in Germany. That's exactly what I was going to get to, yeah. I was At first, I just thought maybe it was just logging people um, for fun, like, oh, I met that person, I met that person, and just, just like some simple things. But then he was like, no, Mr. Prince, I was actually hoping that you could take it home on the weekend and then bring it back on Monday. And that, dude, my heart just exploded. <laughs> this friend book thing was so sweet. And it's really funny too. It's really like, it brought me back so much to the things that I would play with as a kid. Um, it was like, you know, your name, where you're born, where you're from and stuff like, uh, where can you find me? And, um, you know, what things are you into? But the hard part was, um, I had this kind of dilemma in my head because I wanted to like say things that he could expect and things I could imagine the parents also reading because I'm probably the only adult in there. Um, <laughs> Obviously. But, but I also wanted to say things that were maybe different or in, in a strange way, maybe inspiring, like things yeah. he could also see it when he's older and, and think like, oh, that, you know, okay, that's a cool guy. So the hard thing was, um, you know, favorite music, favorite series, and then like favorite um, phrase or, or favorite passing phrase or saying. No. And I think, um, I mean, for series, that was very difficult. I'm such a TV guy. I really wanted to do something. I wanted to write things that I genuinely love that would maybe open his mind a bit. You know, I wanted to say something like... To give him some inspiration. Yeah, I wanted... I don't know. I wanted to show him like Rick and Morty, which is really fun, but also mind-expanding or, you know, True Detective or Breaking Bad. But, of course, I can't write that to a 10-year-old, so... Yeah, uh, I, I guess especially Rick and Morty would be pretty misleading. Oh, my because God. Because this kid thinks, oh, this is a cartoon series. This is made for kids. Yeah, yeah, and if his parents saw that and they watched it with him, <laughs> I mean, it's it's, and it's they see so it. filthy. 
They see Rick getting absolutely hammered every episode. Yeah, like a drunk guy <laughs> and his like kidnapped grandson <laughs> who and gets killed in every second episode. Yeah, he's oh, it's like there's like there's blood and there's cursing and there's like sexual content. And <laughs> I was like, well, I can't do that one. So what did you write down, or do you even probably have a picture of that page you filled out? Sadly, I did not take a picture, ah. of that, but I should have. I should have. Um, I ended up kind of doing it last minute, uh, unfortunately. The series, well, I thought, okay, what's what's like a reasonably family-friendly show that I do like? That You know, I, I could say, you know, this is something funny. It's a bit, maybe it's a bit obvious, and I, I, I regret it a little bit, but I do watch it. It, it was Modern Family. <sighs> So, I mean, I know, I know, I know, I know. I should have had something a bit more intriguing, but, um, you know, it's, I don't know. It's And for movie? Yeah, it was hard. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Actually, it wasn't movie. It was, ah, okay. it was series and book. And book. And for book, I was like, okay, I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to tell him my favorite book, and that's going to be the book. Winnie that Pooh. I, <laughs> and it was Green Eggs and Ham by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Finally, I, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell him my f- actual favorite book, which is uh, The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde by Yuno Diaz. And it's it's this absolutely incredible uh, book about um, a first generation immigrant in America whose family is from the Dominican Republic. Okay. And it's a fantastical, like really imaginative, um, you know, you could really see all of this being based on a true story. It's about like a, um, a first generation immigrant named, uh, Oscar, who's, you know, family migrated from Dominican Republic and he was born there. And he's like kind of living this life that embarrasses them from what they've gone through to be there. And, no. um, it's really, it's really exciting and it's really funny and it's really, the language of it is so spectacular. Um, and then I think the phrase I used was, um, this, sort of meditative therapeutic phrase that I, I really, really like. It's also a very, very good, um, song from okay. Go <laughs> it's called this too shall pass. And I, this I, what this too, this also, this yeah. too shall pass. Ah, and I really like that phrase. I really like that expression. It's, it's, I mean, of course a lot of, you know, beach time, Instagram girls will abuse something like that, but it's just this concept of, you know, whatever you're going through, whatever you feel is like so important now that will never be, never not be a problem for you. Yeah. Like this too shall pass. Yeah. And I really like that. I really, yeah. like, because he, you know, he's going to go into high school soon. He's going to go, well, first he's going to go into middle school. He's going to go to high school. He's going to go through college and he's going to go through so many, um, He's going to go through so many trials and tribulations that are going to feel like the end of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I think if there's a phrase in, in this book, maybe he'll never even read it. Who knows? But if he stumbles upon it someday and he just remembers like, ah, oh, this too shall pass, then hopefully that yeah. gets him through it a little bit. Or like Gandalf would say, these sh- these two shall pass. These, <laughs> these, two, <laughs> these two shall pass, but you <laughs> shall not pass. Man. Oh man. Cheers, buddy. But that's yeah, that's a pretty wise one. I really like that. What one. did you put for music? I I basically love the idea that we're going through this whole 
fill out friends book page but i'm also um i'm i'm, I'm really interested in it. what was music um, was it music, hard too the music was very hard it was like um what did i put down for that oh i think i was really i think i was really safe with that one too yeah i wanted to put like <clears throat> like some i wanted to put like you know, maybe some mind opening kind of like engaging hip hop stuff. But I thought, no, I really can't do that to this little, this little <laughs> Northern what, English why not? boy. <laughs> um, yeah. I, but I think I felt held back cause I just didn't want, um, I didn't want the parents to read it and be like, what, what the hell is this adult putting into your book? You know, why is he putting, um, <laughs> I don't know. Why is he putting like, uh, tribe called quest and uh, true detective or something into your, or, or whatever into your book. Um, but I think we put, or I think I put down just like a gen, just like generic genres. I, I think I wrote down like Genesis or something. I think, uh, <laughs> yes, of course. I think I put Africa by Toto and uh, Rick Astley's never going to give you up. <laughs> I should have put down, I should have put down Never Gonna Give You Up. I should have Rickrolled him. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't think about that. I should have Rickrolled <laughs> him the whole time. Oh my God. But it was really sweet. That he did yeah. That. I would say B minus. <laughs> That's generous. <laughs> That's really generous. Man. But super cute. What, what did, what did the kids say? The funny thing was, I, did I he did, react in any form? Not at all. Oh no. Not at all. That's so disappointing. I mean, I didn't put that much time and thought into it, but then I, I, I did see him today and I was like, hey, here's the book. Uh, I did it for you. And he just kind of went like, ah, okay, cool. And that was it. He wanted to play it cool, obviously. You think so? I yeah. I think he honestly just You're the cool I guy wearing hats. <laughs> I think he just forgot that he gave it to me. <laughs> that could also be. Like, oh, there's my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ruined a page of it. My mom shouted me, shouted at me because she thought I lost it. Where is my book? Man, he, uh, he had, there were some questions in there that were built in. It was like, oh, like, what's your favorite hobby, bro? And it was like basketball, snowboarding. I was like, okay, this is definitely from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know, like hockey or, or uh, 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 soccer. So what did you? Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe some of you have witnessed an amazing video <laughs> on Jordan's um, Instagram a few weeks ago. Oh, and now, now it's been a couple of months, I think. Maybe already. Early spring, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where Jordan does a... I think it was in March he, or April. He he low-key tries to play basketball. And it's pretty amusing. You know, my favorite thing about that video, if you see it, it's me um, getting smashed in the face by a basketball. <laughs> my favorite thing about it was... That's like, also how you, how you could say it. I... I intentionally like, so when I, when when I set the camera up, I intentionally meant to do like a, like ironically funny fake fail. Okay. Like I'm, I went in thinking, Oh, I'm I'm okay. I'm going to throw it up and then I'm going to like trip into the wall. And it was going to be a little obvious. I faked it for fun No, because I was bored. But then this, 
genius, this, I don't know, this gift from above happened where I actually threw it at the goal and it bounced back and hit me right in the face. <laughs> and thank God my, my glasses didn't break in half, but it smacked me right in the face. And uh, yeah, what you see is real. <laughs> yeah. So you, 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 you could say he's a basketball guy. <laughs> I'm pretty pro. <laughs> That's what you're wondering. Man. Yeah. I played in college with Ellen Iverson. <laughs> Man, I saw I saw like after the Michael Jordan documentary came out, I saw oh so many TikTok videos and Instagram videos of people. But did you see the actual series? Yeah. I was I obsessed with it. Did we talk about that already? Um I tried to but in April, but you have not seen I hadn't seen it yet. A any episodes yet, yeah. Oh, you told me about it. You told me that yeah. it was out. I didn't even know it was out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right, because I mentioned that I saw Joey Dosick, this great musician, mentioned it on Instagram. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it all. I, I obsessively watched it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was so good. What do you think about Scottie Pippen? No, 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 sorry. What do you think about Dennis Rodman? <laughs> Dennis Rodman? Yeah. Um. Obviously... This guy is the definition Next of level. crazy. Dude, talk about work hard, play hard, right? Yeah, that's him. It's unbelievable. And I guess since I have not witnessed all those very special moments in sport when he actually played yeah. early 90s, yeah, because I, I wasn't born yet. Um, <laughs> Rub it in our faces, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I didn't see it. But obviously, when I got into basketball, I you rewatch all the highlights. You watch back to 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 Magic Johnson, to Larry Bird, yeah. even further Bill Russell, etc. You watch that stuff because you're 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 getting into it. Yeah. Um, and I think I underestimated him as a basketball player. Oh man, yeah, yeah. It's easy to do. I mean, he was so crazy. He was so because he was known for. This crazy thing showing up to press conference in a in a wedding dress, etc. etc. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know like he dated I know he dated Madonna, but there was this um who was the who was the actress? Oh, Carmen Electra. Yeah. Dude. I didn't even know that he dated Carmen <laughs> Electra. And then there he is, like in some hotel room, um, with Michael Jordan knocking on the door. Uh can you imagine if you were her? And you just hung out with Dennis Rodman, and then Michael Jordan is knocking on the hotel yeah. door. I felt kind of bad for her um, that she got dragged into his life, but you know, you choose your own winners. <laughs> you know, uh, no, but 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 the crazy documentary. Um, I did not trust the hype at first because, and that's what I what I told you on the show when I first told you about it, because I thought, yeah, this will be crazy, and I will definitely watch it over and over again. Okay. But these events are still not news. There has been written about these stories, etc. It just hasn't been televised yet. With Dennis Rodman or with the Bulls in general? The, the, whole, the whole Bulls time. The whole saga. Yeah, obviously, because it's just, it's, it has been just such a big thing it's in so sports famous. history. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's documented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was some footage I had never seen. Exactly, before. and that's that's the point. And I, I think I underestimated that because the hype was so big, and I was like, <laughs> "You fucking idiots!" That's because you just don't read about stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the hype is only coming when it's televised. Right, right. Um, but actually, it was a great documentary. 
It's so well made. It's so yeah. I mean, you can see the, like the the cooperation with ESPN. Yeah, they, they do this great thirty on thirty program. Um, that's almost also really great behind the scenes footage that you just never have seen before. I found out later that Michael Jordan actually commissioned and produced the whole thing. So you can you, the the interesting thing is that you find out the whole story is told really through his executive yeah. vision. Yeah. You know? So whenever he's deciding what perspective to tell, he's kind of like the Steve jobs of this whole thing. He's like, I want that to be the narrative. Yeah. But he's, his drive is so interesting. You know, like this comedian, Tom Segura talked about this on his podcast, uh, two bears, one cave, but he was like, you know, what's so crazy about Michael Jordan is that he, um, would create these competitive situations for himself to be motivated by, yeah. which is so insane. I love that. Yeah. I love that. He would be like, uh, and then he, I took it personal. Well, dude, like some guy came up to him after like, so, you know, Jordan loses a game yeah. and this guy on the opposing team comes, comes up and says, Hey, good game. Or just had the audacity <laughs> to score a double, double. Well, well, here's the thing. Like yeah. <laughs> there, there's a story in the thing where like this guy, I don't think he won. Like, I don't, he scored, I don't know, like 30 points. He, he had a great game. Yeah guy comes up to Jordan and says, Hey, good game. And, and, and Jordan's, uh, 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 interview, he twists it and he's like, he's like, yeah, that guy came up to me and he, he told me good game. And I knew I was going to fuck up that guy. And yeah. then in the next yeah. game, he goes back and in the first half scores that dude's full game points yeah. he scores like 30 or whatever. It was something insane. 30 yeah. or 40 in the first half. That's so absurd. It's obscene. The whole flu game story is said, The, oh, this dude, guy yeah. has been fucking wasted because of because of a poisoning. Yeah, do you think that actually these these guys poisoned him, or you think that's his own little crazy conspiracy? Do you think he it just is got food fact poisoning that, that, that he had a food? It is fact that he had that that he had food poisoning. That's but a do you, fact. But yeah, but yeah, do you but think they did it on purpose? I could imagine. I could Im I, 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 I don't want to say I think it's interesting it is real, if they did, but I could imagine because from a fan's perspective and from someone's perspective, in my case, who has been to many soccer games in Germany where fans do the craziest things. I can't even imagine. Um, there is a great YouTube video by an, um, by an American who played as a quarterback for a German football team mm -hmm. and who made vlogs American boy, first time soccer game in Germany, and it's been a big derby and has, a, has been a lot of violence, etc., etc. And he captures it all with a little GoPro or something. Okay. And you see his reaction to it, and it's super interesting. And from that perspective, from a fan's perspective, I think the whole action is not even that dramatic. Just imagine some stoned fools in Utah saying, hey, this is our year, we love our team. Yeah. Why not just... It could be a drunken idea. <laughs> Why just just not give it a try, and um, poison and, and send pizza. a pizza to 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 Michael Jordan's hotel with something in it. <laughs> Funny story. Probably it won't even get there. I mean, but like uh, from that perspective, I think it could have happened. Um, if it's true that it, this is the only thing he ate that night, it right. must come from that meal. Yeah, but it could also be that it's just just a, a shitty pizza place. Yeah, but you have to imagine who messed like, things up in the kitchen or used old old food. You have to think about how many steps would have gone into someone purposefully poisoning Michael Jordan for that game. They had to know. I mean, maybe it wasn't so hard. Maybe it wasn't so hard to find out which hotel the Chicago Bulls were staying at. I mean, it was Probably like not. It was what was this like game five or six? 
so game six of these hugely televised playoffs, I'm sure people knew what hotel the Bulls were staying at. I mean, there's probably some giant bus parked outside of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then like, then they have to try and find the room. Then they have to like organize who's delivering the food, how it's sent up. Did, did they order it or was it pl- planned? Was it unplanned? No. What do they put into the pizza to poison it? Do they put like, I mean, how could they poison something where the taste doesn't identify something's wrong? Yeah, and I think regarding that, that's hard. I think the, I think the most logical, a... the most logical explanation is basically that he ordered pizza from a um, place that's Utah <laughs> that messed fans. things up. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's either Utah fans or that just messed things up. Yeah. Just a dirty kitchen, old food not being cooled in a proper way or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It could just be that they had like, yeah. you know, maybe um, some, some been cheese something. that was like a day old, a couple of days old or something or, or whatever. anything. Yeah. Eggs. What? There's so many components to, to food. Could be something. Could be something. Yeah. Obviously. Maybe just a shitty place. Yeah, maybe it's just like some dumpy pizza place with just like yeah. bad ingredients. Just like Too the pizza oil. place we we um were were taking drinks from before starting recording. Oh, Funny story. Pizza. I only, I only go there... <laughs> for getting drinks because they're open till late night which is that's pretty perfect. uncommon in Munich it's like five meters from your door yeah um, for the people who don't live in Bavaria shops close at 8pm which is terrible and after that the only places we, where you could get drinks food, obviously food from restaurants etc but, but no supermarkets nothing the only stuff where you could get basic stuff is like um, gas stations, yeah, and places like that, like a little, like a little franchise of this pizza company who makes this shitty <laughs> pizza. Pretty, yeah, pretty. But they're bad. open till till eleven, and they have um, drinks. That's the only reason um, why I got there. But to get back to the point, what I'm um, interested in, because you started the whole Michael Jordan um, argument, which we. Could definitely talk about again at another point, and maybe and maybe before an episode, both watch an episode, yeah, yeah and yeah. talk about that because that, that could be funny for a little part. But you 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 get on that on that whole documentary topic because you said it it affected something to you because you like how he creates motivation. You mean or? no? Um, your your relationship to basketball because we. <laughs> Originally, oh. have been at this. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I I, I just know that like you that, started like after the documentary. By the way, have you watched it? And then oh, well, that was just some. That was just some some shit. I mean, that was just like, you know, after that came out, there was just this this uh, array of TikToks and Instagrams and blah blah yeah. blah videos of just like these lame dudes trying to get back into basketball and either have you seen like, this redneck guy on a farm? They call him LeBaron James. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect name. That's basically a guy playing basketball in those oh, that's perfect. old, big-ass um, like leather cowboy shoes, boots. cowboy boots, <laughs> on the field. Oh, man. No hard floor on the field and has a and has a rim hung up at the at the top of a of a truck or of a um, like a like a tractor or something yeah or? like like a tractor with its arms up in the air and up there there's a there's a <laughs> ring and the board hanging 
Le Barn James. I gotta send you the videos. But Please. What, what I found way more funny were the I took it person. Then I took it personal. And memes and TikToks. They're, they're like TikToks where a family who has a cat and a dog, <laughs> and the uh, and the uh, the the dog always kind of gets up to the cat and I don't know if he wants to cuddle or to play or whatever and the cat is pretty fucked up and then there's a close up zoom on, on the cat's face and then they, they, they switch pictures to Michael Jordan and then I took it personally and you see how the cat attacks the dog etc <laughs> <laughs> those kind of content oh, the memes are, are excellent from this show man there's so many crazy things that he said <laughs> and so many conspiracies going on in his mind Yeah, I mean it was like it was just endless I, I mean you know, the cool thing was how they broke down the first three or four episodes. You had like, you know, you had Michael Jordan's legacy. He had Scottie Pippen, uh, or maybe Dennis Robin was number two. And then you had the other one. And, um, they just broke down each playoff season, each, each game and stuff. And it's exhilarating content. It's so amazing. And, you know, still throughout that whole process, you don't think about exactly what the motivation will be for him, but he creates this labyrinth this maze, this way of thinking that's so complex, this weird way of creating a problem that isn't really there. Yeah. There's only a couple of times where I think in this documentary... Where there is an, an actual problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's that one, I don't know if it's episode seven or eight, but there's like, I forgot the team. You would know it. You're the sports guy, but there's that team that leaves the court early, doesn't shake hands. Detroit Pistons. The Pistons. And who's the player, the main player that they interviewed the most? Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. You know it, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So Isaiah Thomas was such a bitch because he did not show good sportsmanship. And yeah. I remember I was watching it with Ify and I remember I even paused the movie and I, I, I was so upset, even though I don't even remember that game. I'm watching it fresh kind of, you know, at almost 30 and I paused it and was like, that's so unprofessional. That's so lame. You know, even as a kid, I played every sport and you are always, it's always- Have to show respect. You show respect. Like if they played better than you, you you respect it and you try and do better the next time and you try and get them to respect you. And you get over to your opponent, shake hands and yeah. then go off court. Good game. Good game. Good game. Get out of there. But these guys to, on a professional level, to be making millions- in front of national television, just to storm out and not say good game is so pathetic. And I think when but dude, when, yeah. the, the 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 Pistons were famous for being called the bad boys, and it's right. in what Isaiah Thomas said. It was part of their image. Oh, okay, they okay. were the rude guys playing pretty hard. Um, fouling rules weren't that tough back in the day, so yeah. they played pretty hard basketball. <clears throat> And that's what their image was. And they won a championship with this team. And But it it is big, to get back to my favorite um, British word, big shithousery. <laughs> it's big shithousery. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. The, the Pistons were so crazy. So they were, yeah, they were the bad boys even when they had Dennis Rodman. And then they, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, man. It's so crazy. I love, it's really interesting too to see how these guys are dressed in their interviews. I think yeah. the the perspective of their home and how they're dressed says so much. I mean, you got Michael Jordan who, when you watch this, his home seems like this gigantic beach-sized iPad. I mean, basically like... <laughs> the, it's, it's insane. iPad? It's insane. <laughs> like All the walls around him are these like... 
you know, there's almost no ceiling. It's so tall. Yeah. So it's humongous yeah. Yeah. blank white perfect you can just imagine the the horde of maids that come in and clean and cook for him and like build the fires and you notice next to him there's always like a simmering cigar yeah he's always got like a half glass of whiskey and but the thing is just like we do god but he's wearing these he's wearing the dumbest cheapest looking clothing i'm sure his outfit costs like 10 grand but he's got like this dumb little like you know, Hanes, yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he did that. Uh, he did the underwear promos in the two thousands, but he's got this like just dumb little like purple V neck and like bad, like these dad shorts. And he's yeah. got this, he's got that, Oh, that seashell necklace. Yeah. And Who, regarding, regarding the fact that this guy fucking basically owns a brand, uh, um, a cloth brand, which is worth several Billion dollars, dude. He's dominated. He's dominated so many industries. Dude, <laughs> Still, he dresses like a fucking. Idiot. I recently bought bought Jordans in February. <laughs> of course, I mean they're they're amazing. Of course, of course you did. And you know, it's he dresses so crazy, and then you see like, of course, Dennis Rodman looks like he's kind of blown through his money. Little <laughs> little crack, little meth, little heroin. His nose ring drives me crazy. The nose ring is so <laughs> ugly. He wears sunglasses in an interview. He just looks insane. And then you got you got like this classy preppy Scotty Pippen with like his pink polo collared shirt yeah. and his amazing voice. Scotty Pippen has Dude. the sexiest voice I've ever heard. From a sports Scotty, guy. Scotty, I can't even do it. It's Scotty, no. He's got such a deep voice. Yeah. It's, it's unimpressionable. We might add a little impression well, here. Special team. That path, that journey, that last three seasons were, it was some of the greatest years of my life. Um, hanging out with these guys, having an opportunity, knowing that it was our last season, we, we really embraced it. We did a lot of things together. And, made a lot of fun for us so um you know some of those memories that you wish you could relive scotty pippen's voice <laughs> it's terribly hard to do an impression of it, it's the deepest mo- and he's so southern too you know was he from alabama georgia i think he's from alabama yes i think so. i could be wrong but he sounds so simple and southern and sweet. Yeah. You know, but he has this. It's so crazy, man. It's so crazy to hear him talk. Um, yeah, the background. And then, oh, yeah, and then Isaiah Thomas in this like pristine, easily like tens of thousands three power of dollars suit. Yeah, three piece suit for this interview. And he's like, his makeup is done perfect and his eyes are popping and he's got this like super tailored suit. It's so funny to see what these guys do with their money and yeah. how they how they want to be seen on TV. Yeah. It's so wild. I also wonder I also wonder a little bit if Michael Jordan like you know cuz he's such a thinker, he's such a presenter if he chose to dress down to be believed more. <laughs> or if he, or if he's just a dad yeah. with a billion zillion dollars and doesn't <laughs> care anymore. <laughs> you know? That could be it's, definitely it's so 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 crazy man but regarding the memes there has been one very popular tweet because michael jordan has been a big part of meme culture way before this documentary yeah this image of the crying michael jordan has been used for so many memes yeah and then um michael jordan was um crying again in public at the very sentimental funeral 
of Kobe Bryant earlier this year. And then after uh, Last Dance was finished, <laughs> there was a tweet. Yo, fuck those Last Dance producers for um, for not showing us as a third MJ Christ moment. Because in one <laughs> of the, the, the last episodes, there is this moment where he nearly... No, 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 no. It is the, the, the episode about, about his dad. Where right. he nearly cries and right. then they and then th then there's a cut yeah. and they switch into another scene. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, such an engaging Oh man, it's such a heavy, heavy scene. So for everyone who has been terribly spoiled the last minutes, um, still go watch The Last Dance. Yeah, go watch it and tell us what you think. Tell yeah. us if we should have covered something Great else. Great documentary. And um, as far as I heard from from people I talked to who have watched it, um, even pretty entertaining for people who are not that deeply into the NBA and basketball, yeah, and sports in general. But yeah, because the story a, the story is about the people. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, and crazy good documentary. Yeah, absolutely. I um, yeah, let's let's stop there on such a nice note, huh? Huh? Nice, nice topic for the end. Jordan, it's been an absolute pl pleasure to look in your face again. It's been it's been delightful. And hear your responses without an eight fucking seconds delay. <laughs> it's been so crazy with with Skype, like always hosting. Oh, do you still hear me? Oh, do you still see yeah, me? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, what, repeat that last part again. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's so crazy. And again, we were very sorry for how our last episode had to end, but it was exactly because of those kind of problems. And I think we made up for it. I think we doubled the time on this. Oh, oh shit! Yes, we did. We're running towards those straight hours. Where where are we right now? One fifty five fifty. One fifty five. Well, I know a couple of people out there who are going to really <laughs> love this. Um, <laughs> I think so too. I hope I hope our short episode last week uh, is made up for by this one. Um, thanks for having me in your home, and yeah. uh, thank you, Tony, in the background for letting me keep you from going to the bathroom for a very long time. <laughs> and uh, for those who enjoyed uh, this week's episode, please go to Spotify or to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and give us a good rate, review, or comment, or please share it, or even just tell a friend because. Word of mouth goes a long way for a show like ours. So thank you so much, Mo, for having me here. And uh, I'll see you next week. And we are going to have... Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. You go for it. Um, be before our basic goodbye, I wanted to say we're sitting in my home this week, but we'll be sitting in your home next week to have another lovely conversation, which is even, which even has a very, very nice special that lights up my heart we'll have probably have probably yeah let's 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 if it's hopefully yeah hopefully hopefully have an amazing guest and be meeting at your place next week yes if it goes to plan next week uh we'll for sure be at my place that's that's definitely going to happen um, but if everything goes to plan, the, he has the, the apartment for his own for the whole week. Oh no! <laughs> Don't tell the people. Uh, the, 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 if the booking goes through and everything works out, then after, after 16 or seven, this is 17 weeks now, <laughs> we will actually have our first, uh, brand new artsy fartsy immigrant to talk to. So st uh, stay tuned and, uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Look out, boy.
Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.